Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Rainy Days with Pavs. I'm here again. This is part two with Amelia. Um, we ended our conversation with you telling me your story from being engaged, um, previously engaged, and the tumultuous process you that, that you had to endure um, during your engagement, before your engagement. And we ended the conversation with you know, the fact that we wear, we as women or even men, I don't, I don't really know from the man's perspective. Um, hopefully I'll get that soon, but just how we wear those rose colored glasses and man, with those glasses, it's like, it's so easy to miss clear signs and even more so like, we refuse with those glasses on, we refuse to take advice from others. Like something yeah. that you said very clearly that I resonate with so much um, was that from the beginning, people were like, your coworkers are like, girl, stay away. And something I've thought about in the past is like, I heard someone say like, oh, when you put people, when you tell people your business, your relationship business, if you tell people your relationship business, you're going to stay single. Right. And I used to hear that. And of course, at that, at that point in time, I'm wearing my rose colored glasses. I'm like, yeah, people mm-hmm. need to know your business. It's all about me and him. It's us against the world. Mm-hmm. And now being on the outside of that, I'm like, oh my God, I should have listened. Like everybody was warning me. Like literally telling me. But it's not just you. I mean, men will have us think that, you know, keep our, we keep our business in house. That was every relationship I've ever been in. He was like, don't tell so-and-so your business. Don't run to your little girlfriends because it's between you and I. And that's cute, but you're basically negating all of the positive advice or the, the constructive criticism that could save your life or that could tell you, hey, this is how it looks from the outside. This is might not be the healthiest thing for you. Or girl, I noticed that you don't look like you've been taking care of yourself. Are you okay mentally? Mm. All of that. You're just isolating yourself from getting sometimes the help that you need to see things clearly. For sure. For sure. No, you said that perfectly, actually. Um, God. So, I mean, what were your thoughts after the fact? After being able to move? being able to leave. Um, did he at any point in time contact you and try to make the work again? Did he realize like, man, I really messed up this. I mean, they always come back, but you know, you have a couple that'd be like, man, I really messed up. I'm going to leave her alone. So what was that process like for you after the fact of knowing, okay, like, I don't know, like for me, it sucks because it's like, do you wish you would have listened to yourself or you felt like I had to go through that? Because if I didn't go through that, like I did, I would not have learned what I needed to learn. Oh, I'm stubborn for sure. So I know knowing myself, I mean, even I had at work, um, like a father figure of mine, Mm -hmm. his name, Mike, I love, I don't know why I don't call him. Um, but he took me out one day after work and he took me to like Sam's club and bought me pizza and he was so sweet. And he was like, Amelia, do not get involved with Gerald. Like, do not do this. Do not go down that road. 
And, um, you know, people, when they speak to me, they assume that like, I have a good head on my shoulder. So he started to kind of be like, you know, ask me questions about what it was. And I didn't see that he wasn't necessarily trying to understand the relationship. He was just trying to get my headspace about why I thought it was a good idea. But in my head at the time, I was like, he needs me. Like, how can I leave this relationship when there is this damaged person? I'm damaged. He's damaged. Why can't we fix each other? I have and, a question. Yeah. Before you, before you continue, I was going to say, because I don't want to forget. <laughs> you be right. dropping so much. I'm like, I'm holding on to thoughts. I was going to say, did you, do you feel like it's a sign for us to like dip? when we're not getting anything out of it and we're just constantly giving. Um, that's the thing. He was actually very generous. Like my, um, ex-fiance, he was, it was not even like a fully one-sided relationship. There were so many things that he offered into my life that I did need that I thought also kept me there. He was financially more responsible than I was. He was well-versed, very intelligent. Um, he had this confidence that was like unshakable. I mean, there was a point where I wanted to quit my job and he solely was like, okay, this is a plan. We're going to make sure he inspired me to go work at Ulta for the first time when I didn't think that I had like the makeup skills to do so. He believed in me and he drove me to the day where he was like, walk in right now, ask for an interview. You're going to get the job. And I did. And so I was like, okay, this is not just a one-sided relationship. Like he gives so much to me. He helped me like pay off my credit card. There was just a lot of different Mm -hmm. uh, experiences that I gained from being with him that Mm -hmm. made me feel like, okay, I'm not just pouring out my my love to someone and it's going down like a black hole. So, and we were so excited. Oh my gosh. When in the beginning, you know, getting engaged, we were on this high, like honeymoon. We wanted, we had so many plans. You know, we got a two bedroom apartment. It was going to be like my office and we decorated it well. We got him a new wardrobe. I successfully upgraded him, quote unquote. Um, (laughs) So it was all gravy. I mean, I was like the housewife. When I quit my job, I didn't work for like a month or so. He went to work and I just ironed his shirts and made him lunch. And I was just living my fantasy. I was deep in it. Like, oh yeah, this is, this is the life. Like I'm you know, soon we'll have babies and it will just be gravy. And then, yeah, it all came crashing down rather quickly. Um, Cause it only lasts so long when you create a fantasy, the reality will hit you like a ton of bricks. Oh yeah. This person has not changed. They're still exactly who they were when you met them. And uh, you played yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's- sorry, what were you going to say? No, did that answer your question? I <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um because I don't know. Like I'm just like <laughs> my mind is going crazy. <laughs> this is the first time I prepared you for this. I know, I know. I mean, but we did that on purpose because you did. I like to meet with my guests beforehand and I'm like, okay, we're gonna talk about this, we're gonna talk about that. Um, but I always say, like, okay, but don't tell me everything because I want my reaction to be you know genuine um and so I don't I not at all I mean did not expect any of it and like you said 
well, you didn't say this, but it really makes me think about like just the portrayals on social media. Like here I am, mm -hmm. you know, here we are, me and him at that time thinking, this is amazing. Like this is such great news. And for you to even post this engagement, um, my ex had told me that you were private, which is mm -hmm. one thing he said we had in common. And so it was a big deal. And so oh, yeah. no, no, it wasn't even something oh. that, huh? No, it's okay. I, I said his name. I'm sorry. No, but I'll, yeah, he knows. He was like, he, I don't post anyone I'm in a relationship with. Um, and I only I'm, posted the engagement photo. Like that was it. And yeah. he will call me immediately. He'd be like, you posted him? Like, who is this person? What are we doing? And um, I couldn't tell anyone. Like, I, I was like, there is going to be, he's going to be dead. Everyone is going to kill him. And I didn't There's want that. I didn't want that. I mean, my sister, it would have been, but she came down and she actually stayed with us for a while. And of course he was like on his best behavior and she didn't really like him. Um, but I still didn't tell her, you know, anything that had happened because I was just like, I was ashamed. I was also like very confused because he was taking steps to try to get it better. We did see a therapist together. Uh, we saw it separately. Um, yeah, really quickly, honestly, I realized that I needed to get out of it. But by then it was like, okay, how would I do that? I don't have any money. I don't know where mm -hmm. I'm going to go. And I also, there is a thing that happens, I think, with the women in abusive relationships where it's like, you don't want to call it what it is because then you have to really take some drastic action. And you just never thought you'd be that person. Like if I admit that I'm in an abusive relationship, do I have to like go to a shelter? Like, am I going to have to actually like take some, you know, call someone? Who do I call? Like, I know that the names and the resources, but I was like, it's not that serious yet. Mm -hmm. Everything was like, okay, this is bad, but I can handle it. It's not that serious yet. But yeah, I considered all of it. I mean, he was an alcoholic. It was, and you know what? Another thing I'll mention, um, I met his mom really early on and that really influenced the narrative of our relationship because she was so supportive from the very beginning of everything we did. She wasn't um, a mentally well person herself. But she believed in him and she believed that, like, I was the best thing that ever happened to him. And so bonding with her made gave me this, like, false sense of reassurance that I'm in the right place. Because I was like, well, if his mom is backing him up, I mean, she wasn't exactly backing up. She was like, you know, you don't deserve her. But she was, like, also trying to do everything to make it work. You know, if I, I could go running to her with problems and tattletale on him and she would try to talk to him and um keep us going and she was our mediator sometimes and um he would go stay with her and give me a break for a few days and come back and you know with flowers or something and it was just a cycle of toxicity that was enabled by her and myself especially I'll always take responsibility for that aspect of it just like me not being able to say early on, this is the line and we crossed it and it's done. I, my line was like constantly being erased. I was like, okay, now this is a line. 
okay, now this is a line. And uh, yeah, huge, huge lesson. I was going to say, I mean, I want to know your thoughts on this. I have my own thoughts, but I'm curious. Um, do you feel like, because you mentioned that you guys did therapy. Do you feel mm -hmm. like during the dating phase, should need, like, do you feel like it's something that they should even be looking into? Therapy? Like couples therapy? Yeah, while they're dating. Absolutely. I will never, there's never a bad time for therapy. Never. Okay. Feel like there's a bad time for therapy then you are too cocky you're too arrogant and pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before a crash that's the scripture <laughs> says. I'm shy. I can't. <laughs> you quote this the bible don't lie the bible don't lie it doesn't so you i only asked your own you yeah no so i only asked you because in my head i'm like okay why, like, if this is even so toxic right now, mm -hmm. like, I guess I would kind of want to see, like, am I holding on to something that I shouldn't be holding on to? Like, mm -hmm. I always try to think, like, to myself, like, at what point in time am I just, like, doing too much? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, like, you know... I kind of like try to separate my red flags from my um, character flaws. And mm. so I'm like, I'm noticing red flags. I'm going to therapy for these red flags. I should leave it alone. If mm. these are character flaws that we want to address, then okay. But I'm like, mm. I wouldn't, I don't feel like in a relationship, you need intensive therapy to deal with what this person is going through. If you can get therapy by yourself, you go get therapy by yourself. But right. I don't of would want to see why do i have to i would feel like i'm in that fixing stage mm. like i'm trying to fix you well i think it's also about what what's happening if there's a breakdown in communication and you can no longer like there's everything's getting lost in translation and okay he's adamant about how he feels and you're adamant mm. about how you feel and there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer it's just a matter of you see things completely differently um, let's okay. say he wants to, you know, quit working and go to school full time. And you're just like, well, that puts all the responsibility on me. No one's necessarily wrong, but right. obviously you need someone to mediate and say, what are your reasons for this? So you can come to a mutual understanding. I feel like that's different than, you know, saying, I agree. I can't live with this person. Then I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Because I for me, that is perfectly fine. I completely agree with that. Um, but I can't sit there in therapy with you. And I know, like, it's going to be extremely toxic for me. Mm -hmm. And I would feel like for me in that situation, I'm trying to fix you. Well, you know, and also that's where having a professional is key. Because when he and I met the therapist, um, I think I like, we probably had one phone conversation with him. But when we separated and he started to hear my side of what was happening and he had talked to my ex-fiance before me and then he spoke to me and he okay. asked me some questions and he asked me point blank period, are you afraid of him? And mm -hmm. I broke down because I didn't think that he was going to get there. I thought I, my answers were so well rehearsed because wow. the goal of when he initiated the therapy was my ex-fiance who was like, maybe we should get therapy. Because oh. I think he's ready to go. His yeah. goal was 
that we were going to get therapy and we were going to fix the issue. And by the time the therapist spoke to me, he was like, you need to get out of there. And he said to me, I will never forget these words. He said, if you tell him what I've told you, we will never speak again. I'm telling you. And that's how you know you need to go. And Tabitha, so said, so done. I think we had a fight and I was like, well, Dr. Such and Such said that you're the problem and da-da-da-da-da. Never. The therapy was canceled. The card was declined, okay? Of course. (laughs) Of course. The doctor was suddenly the problem. The professional knew nothing. And yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Of course. Yeah. How do they say after that? I don't know. But yeah. I mean, but I feel like it just kind of circles back to what we were saying in the beginning, because you even said, like, when it came to therapy, like, when you're talking with the professional, your words were so rehearsed. And, you know, even beforehand, like, not telling your family. Um, Yeah, a lot of it was probably, like, saving yourself from the embarrassment. Also not wanting to acknowledge the fact that you were in an an abusive relationship but Mm -hmm. it goes back to protecting this black man that had no to protect you Tabitha I was so convinced that the world had done him wrong and that I was like if not then who if not me to take sympathy on someone who's been kicked around by this world then what am I here for you know, how can I claim to love someone who is damaged and I'm damaged too, and yet I can't stand him at his at his worst, but I love him at his best. I love the gifts he gives me. I love the sacrifices he's willing to make for me. I love the trips that we're, with, we're going on together, and yet I can't stand to see him get a little upset about something. That was my mentality. I mean, when I saw him propose to me, of course, I'd never been proposed to. So I was like, that takes an enormous amount of courage and vulnerability. And he was nothing if not vulnerable. I mean, a little too vulnerable because, you know, his emotions were always at 10. But I was just like, yeah, this is what love looks like. You have to love the complete person for all of his flaws. When I, if I'm going to say for better or worse, this is worse. It was better. Now it's worse girl but it did nothing for you like you didn't walk away like like if anything you said you had at that point in time you walked away saying to yourself like I'll never be in a relationship again Mm -hmm. oh to you know not wanting to even date within your culture um this man was not in your culture if I if I remember from our conversation you're Jamaican and he was American he was American yeah (laughs) yes but he was black. Um, yeah. How did that, did that in any way shape, or, but did that in any way shape your idea of being in a relationship with a black man? A hundred percent. Yeah. Because I knew Jamaican men to be abusive. Like that was the key um, personality or one of the personality traits of Jamaican men or so I associated. I mean, like I said, my father, Jamaican, still living in Jamaica now. He's abusive. My grandfather before him, Jamaican abusive, because there are no repercussions in Jamaica if you're beating your wife or if you're treating your girlfriend like garbage. I mean, I even witnessed 
not the actual abuse, but the after effects of the immediate abuse of when my father was remarried to my stepmother and she came to me crying and she was, you know, he probably had just done something to her. I don't know. I didn't ask. I didn't want to know um, when I was visiting him for the summer. So in my head, I was like, oh, as long as he's not a Jamaican, I'm good. I can handle it. That would mm. never happen if it's American because they know we were crazy. They would never try it. Yeah. Dead wrong. Needed to be humble. <laughs> for sure. Oh, and then to answer your question. Um, so, no, it wasn't a clean break because, you know, by then we had shared everything. Bank accounts, um, you know, gym memberships. <laughs> so, I mean, our phone plan, T-Mobile. So we had to see each other afterward, too. And nothing like that happened because he wasn't, like I said, scary or abusive to me directly. It was his words and his actions and his temper. Um, so we did have to meet up a couple of times. Um, How was that even, for you? Like, during I mean, I was, I was a wreck. I mean, I was, the anxiety was always through the roof. I had already been on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication at that time. Um, yeah. So I was definitely not feeling safe, but we met in like a public place, um, gave him the phone back and, you know, exchanged keys and all of that and made sure everything was like done. So it was safe. But I remember even then his interpretation of what had happened was just like, we just broke up because, you know, he was like telling me. I just want you to feel open and feel free. Like the next time you fall in love, I really want you to fall in love and just like, and I'm just like, like dude, as if I was so withdrawn because I was afraid to love instead of like just wanting to get away from a psychopath. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like mean, I was, what the heck? And it's just like, it's just, I, with somebody like that, it's like, if I don't walk away, I'm going to kill you. And then <laughs> honestly, I cyber bullied him for a while. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I sent him like DMs and I would block him and then unblock him, send him a long paragraph about how much I hated him and then block him again. I did that like two or three times to try to some kind of cathartic experience or to make myself feel like I'm fully over it until I finally was just like, okay, this, you know, the opposite of love is not hate. It's is um what is the word oh god i lost it okay it's indifference it's indifference oh okay so like, um, me showing him hate was not proving that i was over it it was me actually being over it and moving on fully and i realized that probably like a year after we broke up yeah for sure that that's how you know you've truly moved on like you said, the indifference. Um, so now mm -hmm. you have started dating again, which is great because I feel like we all get to that point where we're like, we come through, like come from a really bad relationship and we're like, I'm not a dating again. I'm just going to leave it alone. I'm going to be the single fine auntie. Just that's it. Yeah. Um, but you know, you took that pain, you healed from it. You're still healing. I don't feel like the healing process ends. I feel like we continue to heal. There are things that, even in this conversation, that may have come up that you're like, damn, I didn't even realize that. Like, you could have been like a new or You might realize it now. You 
realize it later, whatever the case may be. But, you know, you're still in this healing process, but you decided during your healing process to open yourself up to the idea of love again. Mm-hmm. What made you decide that? Well, I'd actually dated another black man. Um, I kind of went to the opposite <laughs> extreme. Well, I dated a thug, okay? No far, <laughs> just a complete... I think I wanted to be protected so much. And he was, oh my God, talk about a heart of gold. He was the sweetest guy. Still is. He had his flaws, but I felt 100% safe with him all the time. I remember when I first got my tonsils taken out, like he stayed with me for six days and literally nursed me back to health. It was so, and that's what won me. I was like, you know, let's give it a go. It didn't last long. We probably dated for a month or so. Um, but we're still good friends. I like went on a road trip with him to meet his family and we pretended we were still together when we weren't. And I was okay with that, you know, took pictures with his family. We grilled and everything. It was, and, um, I told him, I was like, listen, I'm not ready for a serious thing. Um, but I love you. I will always love you. Like if you ever need anything from me, that's fine. But he, he never did. He was just always willing to, to give and he was so tender, but he was, he was a gangster. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, like you know what? I've learned these gangsters out here. They do have, like, I feel like that tough exterior is to hide that ooey gooey mm-hmm. heart. Um, Baby. But yeah. I thought, because you're like, well, he's a thug, he's a gangster. I'm like, oh my God, like, was he abusive too? Because usually that's like, that's the stereotype. That's the bias that's placed mm-hmm. Um, on gangsters, thugs. So that was really interesting to see like the opposite of that. So do you feel like being in his love, being in his care, being in his protection, basically opened up your heart to say, okay, like Amelia, this, this could still happen. Oh yeah. I will, I will definitely give him credit for that. Um, even though I, w- I knew I didn't want a long-term commitment with him. Um, mm-hmm. I flirted with the idea, and it was for the first time in a long time that I even flirted with the idea of committing to someone again, um, and knowing that it was, it would be okay. And mm-hmm. more importantly, it was the first time that I had reestablished completely new boundaries, and mm-hmm. I challenged myself to stick to my boundaries. Um, by that time, I was in therapy too, so that helped, but... It was for the first time that I was like, now you're going to express what is not okay and you're going to see what happens. And the fact that he respected them was huge. And I was like, oh, okay, you can keep doing this. You can keep saying what is not allowed to happen and let that be okay. And not, there's not a question mark. It's a period. That's it. Yeah. I love that. I completely agree. I've, I've even had to do that for myself and you had said it earlier, but or you said it in the last episode, but not knowing your worth, not knowing who you are, you'll accept things mm-hmm. and you'll accept a lot, actually. Um, because mm-hmm. what you want is that love, what you want is that care. And I realized the moment I realized, dang, Tab, like I love myself, I realized it was loving myself was enough. That even if you couldn't give yeah. me what I wanted, fine. Like onto the somebody else will. Thanks. Like right. <laughs> I'm not. And like you said, right. I made my standard clear. 
It's either you with me or you're not. And I'm giving you the option to leave right now because I'm there. not afraid to drop you. I used to be, I used to be hesitant. What I used to do, I used to say, God, can you just make this person break up with me just so I could like, <laughs> girl. I used to girl. ask God person break up with me because I didn't want to put my foot down. And they never and I, will. Huh? And they won't. They no. won't do it. No. That's too so, easy. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, now in a place it's like, no, Tab, you put your foot down. If you're not okay with something, you're not okay with it. And let that be it. Because somebody else, whoever, is going to be willing to satisfy that, um, yeah. is going to be okay with that. And they're going to step up quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Because I think we can both agree that we're both women that are worth being stepped up the plate for. And period. period. And I'm so happy for you and this new journey that you have and your new journey of dating. Um, Did you want to talk about that date that we talked about? (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about it briefly. (laughs) I'm like, okay, so... uh, white guy i met him online uh we talked online for a year during the quarantine oh wow why all that i don't know why i thought you guys had like it had been a couple months well no no yeah so we met back in about probably june before i met my little thug um i met him and he expressed that he wasn't gonna meet up with anyone his mom was sickly or whatever so we had to wait quite a while and we did not meet up until the week before I was ready to leave South Carolina to move to Georgia. And yeah. he was like, I have to meet you. And I was like, no, 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 it's over. We're not, we're not doing that. And because I, I mean, realistically, I'd already fallen for him. I hope he never sees us. Oh my gosh. But I'd fallen for him like <laughs> through, <laughs> through the phone. We talked for the first time when we talked we talked for seven hours i mean literally i watched the sun come up on the phone with him and i was like i'm not done i'm no no i'm not done i need you weren't being catfished right everyone told me i was everyone was like oh he's not (laughs) you were dating a 300 pound 85 year old person not no but he was yeah um I thought he wasn't a real. I was like, this is too good to be true. There's something wrong with him. He got kids. He got a second family. Um, no, he was just a sweetheart. And so the first date we met, he walked through the door looking like <laughs> Tom Hanks from Castaway because we were both quarantined. And I was still like, oh, crap. You know, that that feeling again where you're just like, yeah, I'm going to know you for a long time. A long time. So we're still talking. Um, I mean, we just described it as magical. It was magical meeting him. And I was so resistant. I'm like, I am not going to date a white guy because all my life, my mother was like, you're going to date a white guy. You're going to marry a white man. And my aunts did. All three of my aunts did. And I was just like, no, I am for the culture. I will not abandon my things. Yes. Yeah. I completely, completely understand what you're saying. And when I met him, I'm like, who is that for? Who is that for? If I'm meeting someone who checks all the boxes and gets me, for me, and we're talking, we we met at a tiny little table in a dark restaurant. Um, 
and we shared just a drink. We didn't even eat food. And we sat there and we talked for two hours and it just flowed. I mean, even the pauses were short, but not awkward. They, it just flowed. I felt like I met my person. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but right. I was I was gagged. I was like, not this Caucasian boy. Not him f- making me fall. No, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> that is no. so funny. But it's 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 really interesting because even you said, like, who am I doing it for? Because I even also hear growing up, a friend of mine said to me not too long ago, she was like, oh, Tabs, I feel like you're going to be with a white person. And I'm like, what give, what, what, what gave that out? Like, why would you even say that? If anything, I'm like, I'm attracted to, to black men. Like, the darker, the better. I want to see in glisten baby and i mean i wouldn't be surprised if that's not who i end up with i mean yeah. at the end of the day like i had to come to myself and say i just want to, someone to take care of me i want someone right. that truly really be my partner um mm-hmm. in life and i don't want to feel like i'm beneath you right i don't want to ever feel disrespected and more importantly right. i don't want to be mean to me right i like that and it's so true because it's true I don't want anyone to be mean to me I don't want anyone to not consider my feelings consider my story and even more so like he's a man so he's gonna have difficulty regardless I would just at least want to have it back yeah in my perfect fantasy world it would be like okay I'm gonna support this black man black love but if that's not what comes to me, I'm not going to sweat that. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens will happen how it's supposed to. And the mm-hmm. love I'm supposed to receive is packaged as a white man. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Here's your yeah. back. Queen. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. <laughs> Charming. I mean, yeah, he won me over with the way he talked to me. I mean... Nothing was off the table. Nothing was none of my business. He was an open Mm -hmm. book. Even when I tried to yell at him, I was like, I don't need to learn about you. I'm never going to meet you. This is a waste of my time. He met me with nothing but respect and calmness and fairness and kindness. And he's been that way from start to finish. And I I have attempted to rip him a new one multiple times. And he never loses his cool. And when I met him in person, the aura he gave off was just great. And he was perfectly willing to share his faults and his flaws and his moments of shame and his moments of um, regret and the times where he was not his best self. And none of it was a red flag for me. It was more so just a flawed person who was not abusive or did not want to be abusive. But he was just also a genuinely good person in general, selfless, kind, and, you know, a work in progress, but workable. I think that's that's it. I mean, I've learned that red flags don't turn green. Mm-hmm. And you even said it like you guys, you don't red flags. And I think that is very important to note. And like you said, he's flawed. Mm-hmm. We are all flawed. We all have mm-hmm. those flaws. It's a matter of finding someone that's going to be willing to like work with you through those flaws and sees value in you. Um, and I don't know where it's going to go for you either. 
But of course, all I would ever want is for you to be treated with respect, for you to be valued, for you to feel cherished. And if this person is doing that now, my only prayer is that they will continue to do that. If anything, they'll continue to exceed your expectations and mm -hmm. that that you guys will just somehow realize that you're closer than you would have ever imagined. Of course, you're going to take it a time and see what happens, but thank you so much for sharing your story um, with not only me, but of course, it's on a podcast, so it's with many other people that, believe it or not, definitely relate to you and relate to your story. They our story um they see our difficulty with um wanting to protect black men but also uh, realizing that i mean it's not your job to fix him it's not our job to fix him at all i mean that's not even only a, that's any man yeah i'm not it, the thing is just fix you first fix you first for sure fix you first i'm just gonna do a quick little prayer Yes, please. The episode. <laughs> yes. Prayer. Um, you're ready. I'm going to go ahead and bow my head. All right. Uh, gracious Father, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for Amelia. Thank you so much for this episode. Thank you for giving her the opportunity to share her story. Um, there are so many things that we can go through in life. And a lot of the time we're wondering, why me? And I'm sure during those times, Amelia thought, why me? But we also appreciate that there's a greater purpose, greater reason that we do not see. And if it's for someone listening right now that did it from this, I thank you for them. And I pray that if they're in that situation right now, that you remove those glasses and they can walk into their freedom. I thank you for the things that you're doing in Amelia's life and where you're taking her. And I pray that this gentleman that's in her life will be and that will stay if it's within your will. And I just thank you, Lord God, for all of our listeners who are in a season of wanting to be in a relationship or just confused and wanting to date someone within their culture and vice versa. It's just so many different aspects of life that are so confused. And I just pray that you'll make it all very clear. I pray, Lord God, for healing, not only for, for myself and the many other that need it. In Jesus' my name, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Um, and thanks. Okay, sorry, I like interrupted you. <laughs> fine. I was just gonna say, um, guys, it doesn't rain always, but it's raining today, so please go stand in the rain. Bye.